It is really a pleasure to be here with you for the next month or so, a little bit longer, I think, that I'll be with you. Um, and so it's going to be fun. Uh, I want to, uh, I, I, as I prayed about my being with you, the times that I am going to be with you, I thought uh, uh, that the Lord seemed to really be indicating that he wanted me to speak on supernatural breakthrough. And so I just really believe, and I'm sort of setting you up, and I, I want you to listen carefully to me, but I just believe God's wanting to break through in some of your lives in a very miraculous and powerful way uh, through the word that we're going to be sharing in the next several weeks. So uh, I just want you to stay in touch and in tune with that. Kevin, it is really good to see you, buddy. God bless you, man. Good to see you. Don't leave before I get a chance to hug your neck. Be great. All righty. Everybody having a good day? I, I come up here, though. It is like I drive to church. It's 55 degrees out. This is cold, and it's just not right. Uh, something, somebody is not getting their life right with the Lord, and we're all suffering for it. So, I wish you'd turn around and repent, one of you. I'm like Noah, Jonah, rather. All right, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 126, and I want to speak with to you this morning. Uh, what's going to be probably part one of supernatural breakthrough. Psalm 126, in your Bible, whatever you've got. And um, this is sort of the key for us, at least today. And I think God will show us some other things in the days ahead. And I've asked them to put this up on the board here this morning so we can all read it together. And I'm actually doing it in the King James, the old King James. So it may be a little bit different than what you've been used to reading or what your current Bible translation is. But it, it's all the same and it reads real good. But would you read it out loud with me? There's only six verses for the whole psalm. And I want us to just with a good, strong voice read it aloud, would you? When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Stop right there. I, I thought I said with a loud resounding voice. I mean, let's just get some faith behind it, all right? You sound like, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. This is big, all right? This is really big, particularly if you get a turnaround. Try it again. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Next verse. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That is good. Now, I know you all realize in this room that God not only operates on a different time scale than us, but he also operates on a different thought level than us. Totally different. His ways, the Bible says, are higher than our ways. His thoughts, his thinking process, the way he approaches things, the way he approaches what we would see as difficulties, 
That ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts is what the Bible says. And it's because he operates from a turnaround perspective that he has this advantage point or perspective that you and I are naturally incapable of having when we live in the natural realm. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So while we, you and I, live in this physical, natural realm, God wants us, through our spirit man, to operate in the supernatural. Now, you need to know a basic. We're three-part. Man is three-part. Body, soul, that's the mind, will, and emotions, and spirit. But he wants to do something at the spirit level in us that helps us operate in the supernatural. So while our bodies, our physical beings, are here in the natural realm, our souls are sort of consumed by the natural realm, he still wants to do something to energize that spirit man in each one of us to go to a different level. That's why it's so important we begin to learn how to think, how to approach things supernaturally. Come on, if you can see this and understand it, you're going to get really released today. Because it's very paradoxical, you know, to be living in a body, think about this, that lives in the natural realm, while God is over here requiring your spirit that's living in this body in the natural realm to still operate supernaturally. It's sort of this tension all the time. That means, ladies and gentlemen, that even though we are living, our spirit man lives in this body that lives in the natural realm, or what we call earth, our spirit is still required to operate and to function and to maneuver and to have its motion in the supernatural. That's why we are required of the Lord to think supernaturally, even though we live in a body that is residing in the natural realm. Something is said to be supernatural when you can't explain where it comes from. Supernatural can be described as, as uh, well, there's the verse in the Bible, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. That's supernatural. That's what that means. It goes beyond what I can understand. It goes beyond in the natural what I can grasp or get and gain from knowledge. It goes beyond what I've learned or experienced. It goes beyond anything that I have walked through in times past. Now it's requiring of me to think or operate supernaturally out of my spirit being. The translation of that verse, by the way, is it is God at work. This is the realm, come on, where all things are possible. Do you believe that verse? All things are possible. It's the, Pastor Dustin mentioned it this morning as he uh, finished off our worship time. It's the miracle realm. This is the realm where you become very convinced that nothing, 
can stop what God wants to do. Come on, amen? See, in the natural, that phrase, nothing is impossible, that's only a statement. Look, I've been in church since, oh, I've been in church all my life. I've been in spirit-filled church all my life. Nothing has ever changed. I'm 60. Uh, shoot, I didn't want to go there, but anyhow. I'm up in there a little bit. I've been in church all my life. Good church people, good Christians know how to quote that verse. Nothing is impossible with God. And they can do it with great favor and sort of a, a, a attitude and what have you. Th that's what we were taught to say. In the natural, that's all there is. Because I meet people who are still saying that, that still have no real faith that God can actually do the impossible. That's just natural. That's all that is. That's just a statement. Nothing more or nothing less. It's only words if you're dealing only in the natural state. Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Mere words. They say that, but then they still can't get a breakthrough. But see, when you get into the supernatural realm, you start looking at obstacles and other things and you start defining them because you say, I see that obstacle and if this doesn't get out of my way, I'll never make it, but nothing is too hard for my God. All of a sudden, things start changing. Tell your neighbor, I'm headed to the realm of the supernatural. Go ahead, just tell him. That nothing is too difficult for God. So a turnaround is an abrupt or an unexpected change. Especially one that results in a more favorable situation. That's what a turnaround is. So a supernatural turnaround is a divine encounter Listen, watch, where God reverses someone's circumstances abruptly. Turning the negative into a positive, shifting one's thoughts uh, and life into a new direction beyond any kind of knowledge base, beyond any kind of scientific explanation. Now, if you want to trans transition from this natural realm over here to this supernatural realm, you've got to first understand who your turnaround God is. And that's important because our turnaround God always, always, always listen, he always speaks to us from a turnaround perspective. That's why a lot of people don't understand God. No, Pastor, explain that. Okay, I will. There you are, trying to deal with a turnaround God who's talking to you from a turnaround perspective, talking to you in terms of turnaround, and here you are, 
while on the other hand, you're looking for answers based upon where you are in the non-turnaround natural realm. Okay? Because God is a turnaround God. Do you understand? He does not get stuck in the now. He deals with you and talks to you and talks at you in the now, but, but from a totally different state. While God, for example, is envisioning for you more than enough, you're over here in the natural realm focusing on less than enough. Because that's where you are. While God set the breakthrough in place, we're over here trying to decide if we'll ever even make it through. Come on, amen. Because that's where we are. When we, when what we look at looks so bleak and looks so less than and looks so weak and looks so difficult and yet we're crying over here wondering in our situation, where is God? And God is saying, Jerry, I'm over here. I'm over in this area. See, I'm over here and over here I'm at your state and I'm at your point of deliverance. I'm at a totally different perspective than where you are residing right now. Are, are you getting this or is this just me preaching? But you're over there, Jerry, stuck in a bad situation. But I'm over here, Jerry, your God, where nothing is impossible. And I'm talking to you and ministering to you based on where I am and not based on where you are. That's why if you and I don't think supernaturally, you'll get caught up in the default of only thinking in the natural. Please don't feel like I'm shaming you because I'm not. We all do this. This is our default position. In fact, good motivational speakers try to get you to think differently. I mean, I mean you're, they're trying to move you out of a default position. Good coaches are trying to move you out of your default. You can exceed. You can do more. Good, good doctors are trying to get you out of your default. You've got to get beyond where you're at. And your thoughts will be governed in default by what you see. But when you're over here where God is thinking supernaturally, your thoughts are then governed not by what you see, but by who you know. I know he is a healer. Come on. Anybody ever been healed in this room before? Come on. I know he is a healer. I know he is a deliverer. Anybody been delivered of a habit? I know he's a deliverer. I know he is a way maker when there is no way. I know he is a provider when I have nothing. And he's provided for my needs. So I can't get stuck in my sickness 
when I know he's a healer. I can't get stuck in my mess when I know he is a deliverer. <laughs> I can't get stuck. This is going to get a few of you right now, but you'll never admit to it. In depression and in the natural, when I know God is a provider. He's a provider. If you don't think supernaturally, here's what happens. You get, the best way I can explain it, you get stuck right where you're at. And you can't get out. Because you're governed by what you see. But when you start thinking supernaturally, you'll say, yeah, in the natural I see this. But, supernaturally, I know him. Yes. In the natural, this seems to be what's happening. But in the supernatural, I really do know him. And I'm confident in him. And I'm placing my trust in him. You'll say, I, I see how bad this looks. But in the supernatural, I know how powerful he is. That's what makes life, I think, kind of interesting, you know? It's sort of this natural, supernatural, it's sort of back and forth. Because you're living in the natural, but you've got to learn how to think supernaturally. You're living in the natural, but you've got to think supernaturally. That's what makes life kind of interesting. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm enjoying my life. Come on. And I'm, well, are you saying, Pastor, you don't have disappointments? Are, are you kidding me? Are you saying, Pastor, that all your ducks are lined up in a row? Listen, I'm telling you, in some situations, the ducks aren't even showing up. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? But I'm enjoying my life. Because when the ducks don't show up, God has a donkey somewhere. No ducks, I'll ride the donkey. And if the donkey show, doesn't show up, I'll run with the horses. See, I've got to get to the place that I'm not concerned about where I am because my thoughts guide me supernaturally as to who God is. And when I think about who he is, then I can find a reason to go on to the next day or the next adventure or the next thing. I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking supernaturally. Okay, now... You thought I had forgotten about Psalm 126. In order to understand 126, you have to understand that beginning with Psalm 120, by the way, 119, when you read it, it's like the longest psalm, it's the longest chapter, psalm, whatever, in the entire Bible. So you get done with that, and that's good, it's got its place. But Psalm 120, all the way through Psalm 134, those 14 15. The, these are one collection called the Psalms of Degrees or the Psalms of Ascents. One after the other, ascending a little higher, moving a little further along. These Psalms between 120 and 134 
are the psalms that were sung by the pilgrims that were traveling to Jerusalem to keep the various feast days on the religious calendar of Israel. And what, was, what there was, was there were stations along the way where it's like rest stops on, on I-80. There were stations along the way where people could stop and rest and refresh themselves. And while they were there, they would sit down and while they were resting and while they were refreshing themselves, they would all be engaged in singing one of the psalms in worship to their God. And Psalm 126 is the seventh of these 15 psalms, or degrees, or ascents. But this was a special one because what it did, the way it's, we read it, it reminded them of the Lord's previous work in the life of their nation. It reminded them of God's promise to carry on his work into the future. Psalm 126 is also a special psalm to us who are a part of the body of Christ because it speaks to us of what the Lord has done for us in saving us. Come on, amen. How many have been brought out of Egypt and out of bondage? And it also reminds us that God has a plan to bless us and to use us for his glory. Watch, watch. In the now, in this age, and in the age to come. The first three verses of this psalm are a testimony from the psalmist to the other captives. And the what testimony is this. The worst was in view, but God gave us a turnaround. We got turned around by God's hand. We were headed on a pathway of destruction right where the enemy wanted us. But this psalm reminds them, reminds us, there was a turnaround. What God did for them was beyond their wildest imaginations. You got your Bible? Read it. Get you got a mic? Read verse 1. Just 126 verse 1. No, no, no. You got to have a mic, man. It's There it is. Okay, now you're on. Good. In fact, stand up, would you please? I want this verse to get inside of you this morning. That's what I'm doing. Come on, man. Okay. You're a preacher. <laughs> when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Oh, stop right there. Read it again. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Yeah, read it another time. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. You're going a little fast. Okay. Start again. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. One more time. When the Lord... Right there, stop right there. Can I tell you something? If you're sitting here today and your spirits 
are in tune with what I'm telling you, then it is only a matter of time. You hear what I'm telling you? It's only a matter of time. See, to the Israelites, you can sit down for a second, this was a testimony. And I'm having this read these many times because to us, in my life and in your life, this is a prophecy. Amen. You've just been prophesied to, personally, by the reading of that word. Read it one more time. Read it like a prophecy this time. Like you're prophesying. Do I stand up? <laughs> you do whatever you got to do to prophesy. <laughs> when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Ah. When the Lord turned again the captivity, then blank, 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 whatever. The point is, it's not a question of if, it's a matter of when. And I'm here to tell some of you, not only is it a matter of time, but I'm telling you, you're about to see a turnaround even in this calendar year in your life. All right? So watch this. The children of Israel never imagined, for example, that the Red Sea would be a prop for their deliverance. That turnaround experience was sudden for them. They were amazed. They've got the enemy of Pharaoh and his armies behind them. They've got the Red Sea and it's all its tumultuous upheaval in front of them. And they're surprised. In fact, you could almost say they're confused. The whole ocean opens up in front of them. Open right up. They were not surprised, but they were confused. What in the world is the sea opening up for? And now, because it was so sudden, the Bible says that it was like a dream for them. Can you imagine? Read it again. Did you go on to something else? I was interpreting. Oh, okay. Sorry. okay. Read it again. Read it again. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. In other words, when the turnaround took place, it was too good to be true. Even though it really was true. And God is today where he was yesterday. Come on, somebody. Whatever he did before, he'll do it again. And this time, he can do it with you, and he can do it for you, and something is telling me in my spirit with this message and the ones coming that he wants to do it for you. A supernatural turnaround, I'm declaring it for you, is coming your way. Watch this. And it's coming in such a way you will think it's a dream. It's a dream. This can't be happening. A supernatural turnaround is coming. All right, now look at verse 1 and 2. Go to verse 2 now. Then 
our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. Now think about this. <laughs> then they said among the nations, or in some of your translations, the heathen. <laughs> I like that better. The heathen, the unbelievers. What did the heathen say? The Lord has done great things for them. The non-believers were saying, I can't believe this happened. The unbelievers were saying, I can't believe this happened for them. I can't believe this happened for him, for her, for that family. And by the way, just so that we're clear, because you probably have met a few, there are a lot of unbelievers in church as well. Come on. Come on. Tell your neighbor, I can't believe this. Come on. I want, no, I really do. I want you to tell your neighbor, I can't believe this. I got a prop purpose for doing this. I didn't ask you to tell your neighbor to say that for nothing. Listen, I asked you to say that because you're getting ready to say that. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is... A, the Israelites, think about this, were amazed at the grace of God and the love of God and the grace of God and the power of God on them. They were amazed at it. They were like in a dream. They were like people living a dream. I never was in sports. But I imagine once you've achieved some things in sports, you go all the way to the championship, get the crown, get the ring, whatever. The, it's almost like a dream. You played the game. You were in the middle of the whole mess. You did everything that was required of you. You exceeded whatever else. And, you know, I love when those guys give, I think Jesus Christ might say, you know, that's good, cool. You know. But it's like a dream. I can't believe this really happened to us. It's the same thing when you get healed. It's the same, when, uh, same thing when you're delivered. It's the same thing when God provides where there was no way. It's the same thing when your bills get paid. It's the same thing. I can't believe this is happening. Yes. 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 Huh. Years ago, I was going to tell you this. I've got a little bit of time to do it. Come on up, team. Worship team, come on up while I'm telling this story. Years ago, years and years ago, I've been married 45 years this year. This would be, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've endured the, yeah, no, I'm, excuse me, I've lived the, the, the adventure. I made a dumb mistake on something. And man, we found ourselves without any income and hardly able to make ends meet. And I was fortunate enough to have a praying wife. And she says, Lord, I don't know how you're dealing with that man, but would you take care of me and the kids? <laughs> and every single time she'd pray, check would show up in the mail, a box of groceries would show up on the stoop. We never lost a meal, never missed a meal, never didn't make a bill, made the mortgage every time, and I was just... God was having to do a turnaround in my life. But I'm telling you, in the middle of that, for her and for me too, it was like we were living in a dream. It was like, where did this food come from? 
it was just a big old box of food. I mean, you didn't ask for it. Nobody knew about your situation. It was like a dream. It, and that's just a small example in 45 years of how God has done something for our lives. So you, you think about this. These people were living a dream. Can I, I can tell you something? Listen, I feel the Lord telling me, for about six of you in the next four months, it's going to be like you're living a dream. You hear what I'm telling you? It's going to be like you're living a dream. So this was their lifestyle. They were living in a dream. It was too good to be true. But this was true nevertheless. And when it finally dawned on them, what they were experiencing was real. The Bible says they were filled with joy. They lifted up their hands and their voices in praise to God. Because what God had done was so awesome. And watch, watch. So outside the natural. That even the sinners and the unbelievers had to take note and start giving the glory Amen. to God. Come on. Have you ever had a doctor that says, well, this can only be God? Have you ever had a banker that says, well, this can only be God? Have you ever had a family member that says, how in the world did that happen for you? And you go, oh, let me tell you what. God did this thing. Listen, the sinners were even saying, the Lord has done great things for them. I'm here to prophesy to somebody that those who have been laughing at you, those who have been questioning you, those who have been mocking you, those who have been looking at you with foolishness will have this testimony. Those that have been wondering about you will have this testimony. God's going to do something so supernaturally for you that your enemies are going to have to step back in wonder and say, look what the Lord has done for them. Look how the Lord brought that about and turned that thing around. They'll wonder how they can get to know the God you serve. In your next season, some people are going to have to change their mind about you. In your next season, some people are going to, the, the, the ruling that has been set against you is going to be overturned. In your next season, season, the decision that has been put on you is going to be reversed. Come on, amen. In your next season, the debt is going to be canceled. In your next season, the health is going to come. In your next season, it doesn't matter what. That's how God works. He's supernatural all the way. Because there's going to be a supernatural turnaround in your life. See, to me, it's a matter of perspective. It's got to be me understanding that I live in a natural realm. I deal with the problems all the time. But I've got to get my mind where I'm now thinking in the supernatural. I'm now thinking like he thinks. And even if I don't have the listen, listen. It's not that I have the answer. God has the answer. It's that I know who he is. And I put more confidence in that 
than I do in this natural realm over here. Come on, amen. He's in charge of my life. Come on. My buddy Rick Seward lived this way. I'm trying to live this way. Rick died in a terrible auto accident a year ago. But I'll tell you what, God, he knew God is in control. And, and by the way, I, I, I want to, not, it's not a balancing out, it's just a fact that even supernaturally you can know your God so well this morning that the matters of life and death are in his hand. And you're not swamped all over over here in this natural realm. Come on, amen. amen. That's a whole nother way of living. That's a whole nother way of walking. That's a whole nother way of approach. That's a whole different perspective. I never have understood Christians that get fearful. Well, let me help you. If that's you. No show of hands. But you've got to change your perspective from the natural to the supernatural. What have I to fear? What can happen to me that he's not in control? He's in charge of my life. You think natural over here, Mr. Natural or Mr. Earth or whatever the case may be, Mr. Circumstance, that you've got control? You don't have control. He's got control. I'm thinking, his, I'm standing from his perspective. I'm seeing this thing from his perspective. I'm looking at this thing with his eyes. Totally different than how I look at it. Come on, amen. If you're wanting some of that, I want you to just stand to your feet this morning. We're going to pray for you.